0: Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. I am so excited to be speaking with Jamie Helper about the world of plants, her world of plants and the journey that it has taken her on. I was introduced to Jamie at the farmer's markets in my neighborhood of Sullivan County Catskills, where Jamie also lives. And I would see her at her booth, surrounded by plants that she had grown, that she was sharing information about, and by her handmade herbal skin products. and. I've always wanted to speak to Jamie about this part of herself and how she really uh, relates and has gained this kind of knowledge with the plant world and, and this journey that it's taking, taking her on. Welcome to Trailer Talk, Jamie. Thank you.
1: You're it's so- nice to be here. <laughs> oh,
0: it's so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me and for having this conversation. So Jamie, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, My name is Jamie Helper. I live in Sullivan
1: County. It's in Western New York in the Catskill region. I came here from Jersey City, from Brooklyn, from Connecticut, from Chicago. So until I came here, I lived in cities all the time and I just needed a place to grow figuratively and literally. And so I ended up in the Catskills. I've been here for about 16 years raising my children and growing plants and such.
0: So Jamie, so from the big cities, you mentioned Jersey city, Brooklyn, Connecticut, Chicago, to this rural community of Sullivan County, New York. And how would you say then this evolved for you, your relationship with nature, with the plant world, and the knowledge that you've been sharing with community members? I think I'm, really got close to
1: nature and my desire to be in it when I was in Brooklyn. After college, I moved to Brooklyn and I lived around the corner from the library. And outside of working, I, you know, I had some time on my hands and I just spent lots of time at the library. I would take out all kinds of books and I took out some books on herbs and I became fascinated and I had a A few little health problems, nothing major, but I didn't really like the way that the doctors were addressing me or the problems. So it really became about control for me. I Mm -hmm. knew that there were ways that I could um, control my health and my happiness and my life. And they really revolved around plants, either eating them or using them for various teas and concoctions. And I would experiment on my friends. If anyone was sick, I would tell them to come over to my house and I take out a book and, (laughs) and they were very willing participants. And over time, I just, it was, it was powerful. You know, it, the knowledge that reading about the plants imparted and experimenting with the plants that I would buy from various shops in Brooklyn, there were lots of little herb shops where there'd be all these jars on the walls with all these different kinds of plants. And I always wanted. (laughs) Yeah,
0: That's my, my Hi cat. Kitty. <laughs> What's your cat's name? Her name is Asada. Asada. Well, welcome to Trailer Talk. Oh, I don't know if she's gonna stop
1: talking. I'm sorry, but um That's she's okay. very vocal. Anyway, so the herbs were I was just instantly intrigued and they were very powerful to me. It wasn't something I studied in college, but I started studying them very seriously on my own after college and just doing a lot of reading and then I, um, when I got a little older and I had children, I, you know, I wanted to be able to use herbs for my kids too. And, you know, you're, especially your first child, you're so particular about what Uh goes in them and on them. And I wasn't satisfied with any of the products that were available for children. And I wanted to use, at this time, I couldn't find products that were made with herbs. Most. Mm. And when was this? This was uh, my first child was born in 1999, and you would see plenty of products that included essential oils, but not the whole herbs themselves. And my experience and my philosophy had always been that there was um, a certain kind of natural balance and intelligence about a whole plant as opposed to an extract, you know. Drugs were extracts of herbs and then sometimes, in some cases, synthesized versions of herbs. So I wanted to get back to the whole herb. So I started experimenting myself with um, skincare products made with whole herbs, mostly for my children. But, you know, when I do something, I kind of go all in. So I had (laughs) so many supplies and so many products, and I would just give them to friends and family. And people started asking
0: for more. Is this when you you started Heirloom Botanicals or was that when you moved to the Catskills of New York?
1: No, I was still in Brooklyn and okay. then in Jersey City. And I started Heirloom Botanicals, but not officially. I was still just making products for myself and my family and um, friends. And then as the demand grew, and also during this time when I was having children, I wasn't working but I needed, you know, means to make money. So I always had side hustles. I would cook Mm
0: -hmm. vegan
1: food or vegan cakes and all kinds of things. And when people started being interested in my skincare products, then I started selling those too. And that's when it really
0: grew for me. I see. So that's when it really grew. And is that when your desire to get into the country in, into a rural community. Okay. So the plants, would you say the plants led you there? The Plants and people. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get closer to
1: plants and further away from people. (laughs)
0: That's that's well said. (laughs) You wanted to get closer to plants and further away from people. When you think back to that time, so you were saying you had your first child in 1999 and you had already begun experimenting with plants and then that really accelerated when you had your first child. Is there a particular plant or something when you think back about that time that somehow was part of the guiding of you into a deeper relationship with the plant world?
1: Yes. Um, I think at the time with the kids, it was always chamomile. Chamomile, you know, was just this wonderful herb that could do so many different things and it tasted good. And it was tonifying. It was mild enough to use on a regular basis, but also powerful enough to help you when you were in distress. And for me, not just the herbs, but I, I wanted to know the plants better and buying these dry desiccated herbs that someone else had cultivated, didn't do it for me. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get close to the plants in a way that I was interested in plants that I could cultivate myself, plants that were easy to grow in this environment, and plants that I could wildcraft. Because I felt like the plants that grew closest to you, that thrived in the same environment that you thrived in, Were most likely to be beneficial, so my probably my best plant friend is lemon balm.
0: Mm.
1: I have a lot of that that grows around me in the summer months. It's hard to get rid of. I actually the lemon balm that's in my garden now came from Jersey City, and I've had it for decades, and it's always been here since I brought it here, and it spreads and. It comes back and
0: it has beautiful little white flowers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love to cut it in the summer and put it in a vase on my kitchen yeah. table. It's just smells so good. And the pollinators love it. It's a
1: really good plant. It's a particularly good for me. And I feel like it's, it's tonifying for just about everybody. It's good for, it's a nerve tonic and it just about everybody has issues with anxiety <laughs> yes. and and nervous tension. It it's beneficial for sleep and it's an antiviral. So it's one of those plants that, and it tastes amazing. Yeah. So I use it year round, particularly though if I were ever feeling a little down, either physically or mentally. And it's also nice to bathe in. It, it's it's lemon balm is definitely my favorite herb. Hmm. But as I've been here, I've become acquainted with other herbs that I I love almost as much like elderflower and elderberries. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, they are really good friends. Actually, lemon balm and elderberry tea together are very nice, especially during cold and flu season. And they're also very good for your skin. So, you know, back to the herbal products, I would make really strong herbal teas and blend them into my um, creams and such. And I I don't know. I just, I like herbs that you can use without fear of um, harm because just because it's natural and it's an herb doesn't mean that it doesn't have the power to, you know, be used in a way that causes distress. So I like tonifying herbs, but they're also... Potentially, you know, powerful enough to help you heal. Elderflower, elderberry, lemon balm, chamomile is super easy to grow. Once you have it, you likely have it forever.
0: And, and mint, of course, mint. You're bringing up so many important points. You're mentioning your connection with tonifying herbs, but also just because it's an herb doesn't mean that it's safe, but the kinds that you like to work with and also this idea of the whole plant that there's, there's a power innate in that and a kind of balance that when things are pulled out or separated, that, that changes literally the recipe of it and the impact. Yes. Yes. So these and are the just, safety and the safety. I'm wondering if you can share with us also where you work, the Center for Discovery, what the center is. Well, um, through my works
1: at the farmer's market, I met lots of people, and there had been this position available at the Center for Discovery. And um, they reached out to me because they thought it might be a good position for me. And as it turns out, it's been wonderful. It's pretty much doing what I had been doing. On my own, with the, um, but not on my own. You know, there there is an element to what they do there that just expanded the reach and the purpose of what I was doing. The Center for Discovery. Oh wow, it's so much. I don't really even know how to. <laughs> how how would you describe it? I would describe it as. I don't like the word institution because it's not an institution, but it's a. It's a place.
0: Educational center.
1: Well, it's not just as, it's residential and educational. We have adults and children and we serve our clients, our um, adults and children, mainly with autism spectrum disorder or some other medical frailties Mm -hmm. and um, intellectual disabilities. And what we do is we're a farm-based organization. So everything centers around this big biodynamic organic farm that uh, we run. Mm -hmm. And so all of our programs, our educational programs, our adult day programs, have some element of farming and connection with nature. And there's a lot of focus on feeding your body in a way that encourages health and healing and so what I do there is we have these gardens, um, they're healing gardens. So we grow all kinds of medical, medicinal and culinary herbs. We grow them throughout the season and then we harvest them and we bring them into our Ober workshop where we dehydrate them and we process them into teas and different herbs and spices that the center then uses and distributes to our houses. So mm. we have this philosophy where we go from seed to belly. So we nourish that plant from seed to the point that it's going to be food for ourselves and for our residents and for the, the children that come there to school. We have community children that come to school there, but we also have children who live on campus there. Mm-hmm. And it's a really dynamic Place And I've learned so much working with, with the individuals um, in our care. And I was also learned a lot about, I've gotten more acquainted with some of the plants that I oh. love. I, I have to say that my work at the Center for Discovery, it was my first experience working closely with individuals with autism spectrum disorder and um, other intellectual disabilities. And what we see, what's presented to us, you know, in mainstream media and just in general, what's presented to us Mm -hmm. and what ideas we might have about the population that I work with is just so small, Mm -hmm. so small compared to, first of all, not only have I learned so much about these individuals, most importantly, what I've learned has been from the direct care workers that I work with, that work with these individuals, the depth of compassion and love and care that's exhibited is amazing. The individuals we work with are amazing. You know, I don't even like to use the word disability because they have capabilities beyond most other humans I know, mainly for compassion and caring, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, and it's, uh, well, thank you for sharing that. Yes. And, and what are you learning about the the impact and the potential of plants of this world that you had already been gaining so much knowledge and, and had already immersed yourself in, but what perhaps has surprised you in what you've been learning in this context at the well, Center I think, for Discovery?
1: I think I always thought about my relationship with plants as being personal mm. and presenting the plants to people for therapeutic use. But I never really thought about how therapeutic the process of interacting with those plants is for everyone, not just drinking the tea, but growing the plant and touching the plant and watching the plant develop and working with it and engaging all of your senses in cultivating those plants and and the work, Just, just the work, just watching people be transformed by working with plants, never even having to ingest them, but still being touched by their presence,
0: you know? Yes. I was about to say by, by their presence that it's something I've always had a connection to since I can remember, but living surrounded by nature in, in such a large way in the Catskills has taught me so much about my relationship with the natural world, with the plant world, with the world of wild beings.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And there's different levels of awareness, you know, with different individuals, but you know, there are times when, you know, like right now we're in the greenhouse and we're starting seeds. You know, there are some people that I will be with from the beginning to the end. And, you know, we discount so many things and we don't understand the impact of them until someone comes back to you when you're having a glass of chamomile tea and they tell you, I remember
0: planting these seeds. Huh. So the whole, the life cycle. And, yeah. and, and you mentioned this by engaging in the plant world, there's a, a transformative potential. And
1: also growing plants from seed for me, you know, sometimes you can just have a day or a life or a week or a month or whatever, where you just don't feel like you're getting anything done. But when you plant a seed and a few weeks from now, you see a little bit of green sprouting and then you get it in the ground. And a few months from now, there is a harvestable flower. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling in a way that, you know, that
0: nothing else is. And so Jamie, in connecting so deeply and increasing your own relationship with the plant world, what is this journey? Like, where are you on this journey at this point? How would you describe kind of where, where it's taking you into yourself and into how you're perhaps relating to the world around you?
1: Well, I think, um, especially these last couple years where we've all been a little bit isolated, to say mm-hmm. the least, <laughs> it's given me purpose in times when it's been lonely, you know it's it's given mm-hmm. me um, like I said, something that I can look to and see accomplishment. It's kept me outside. It keeps my body moving. It keeps me motivated, you know, when maybe other things aren't going so great. And it reminds me that I do have the power to control something positive. It helps me reconnect with my creative energy. You know, um, sometimes when I'm stuck creatively, because I write as well, sometimes when I'm stuck creatively, I can go outside and I can um, be reminded of like, the ultimate creative energy mm. and tap into that and move forward. You know, it's, it's affected my writing, you know, it, it affects my metaphors, you know, it,
0: um, it affects your metaphors. Yes. And that in and of itself is a metaphor, right? <laughs> 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 so speaking of these metaphors, so it's taking you, your, your relationship with the plant world Uh, And can we say the natural world when we say the plant world? So this natural world that I feel so fortunate to be so deeply immersed in where, where I live in the Catskills, is that also taking you into a place of a rediscovery of parts of yourself? Would you say? Absolutely. Because um,
1: like with the reading back in Brooklyn and even now it's, and even my escape here, it's a way of retreating. I'm a little bit reclusive and a little shy about some things, but I write music. And um, there came a point in time when I used to do it a lot. And then I don't know, I just kind of shrunk and I did not want to be a part of the world so much. But when I'm connecting through plants, I can reintroduce myself in another kind of way. It gives me. Um, a little bit more uh, confidence, you mm. know, because these things I do, first of all, I can do them by myself. That was an issue with my skincare products. You know, you have to get all these ingredients from all around the world. All I need are seeds, and mm. I can go from a seed to this magnificent creation that could happen with or without me, but I'm able to affect it and play a part in it. And it, Gave me the courage to go back and reexamine how I do that in my other creative
0: endeavors. I, and I've been have, planting seeds. You've been, and, <laughs> you've been planting seeds. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering if there's something you want to, I don't know, I guess, you know, we're coming towards the end of our conversation, and I certainly hope we'll have more of these but that you wanna share with our listeners. The things that you're mentioning are reminding me of of these uh, relationships that we have that surround us and the potential for a certain kind of transformation. And you mentioned the senses, like when you think of plants, when you were talking to us about them, how they engage a multitude of our senses. So I'm just wondering if there's anything else you want to share. If it's one thing that
1: um, I try to keep with me, the lesson for me, especially at this stage in my life where my children are all getting older and they're all going to be leaving. It's just that, you know, it's the plants, they're always going to be here. And in some ways, so are we. And those things that we want to do that maybe we feel like time has, you know, kind of passed in such a way that it's no longer possible. That's not true. It's always possible. I've had plants that have been seemingly dead for a season. And then there's just a little bit of green. And with just a little bit of nurturing, I get a full grown, healthy plant again. And I think it's important to treat ourselves that way and treat the people in our lives that way as well, you know, to remember that we're all a part of creation as well. And we all have the capacity to to grow,
0: to change, to seemingly die back and, you know, come again. Is there anything because of this time of the pandemic that we are living in that has resonated for you? I mean, I know you mentioned, of course, it's been a time of isolation for so many of us and being able to enter into the world of nature and plants has given you so much. Is there any other kind of revelation or discovery that you've made during this time?
1: Yeah, it actually made me (laughs) for the first time in a very long time miss people. So I started, you know, to... Put myself back out there again and you know, reconnect with other creative people and started doing other things I love again, like making music and um, recording music and writing and DJing.
0: Um, I, uh-huh. I know you've been involved locally with that <laughs> when that was possible, right? Right, started- that happened right before the yes. pandemic, and so I had to put that on hold,
1: but I was able to do small you know, interactions with people that I know, and everyone was kind of grounded because of the pandemic. So I've been able to work with some really great creative people that otherwise might have been a little too busy for me. Uh
0: And also, I just want to share with our listeners that you also posted this joy filled video of yourself, ice skating to music on a pond. I mean, just recently, and there yeah. was something just so striking to me about that. Well, that was the
1: culmination. That's a song I wrote skating on the pond of a friend who I'd been, you know, having jam sessions with and just, you know, it's probably the most connection I've had creating with others, friends and People who've been my friends forever, but we just never had the opportunity to share this kind of relationship. And the pandemic and other oh my gosh (laughs) just kind of made that possible. And um,
0: Kitty's back. Yeah, she likes attention. She. Oh, I'm I'm glad I mentioned that video because it really struck me. It came across social media, and uh, it just filled me with a kind of feeling of exuberance and that anything's possible, which you've certainly been sharing with us, have been some of the lessons that that you have gained from working with plants.
1: Well thank you. I'm glad that you were touched by it. I I was I was a little nervous to put it out there, you know, a little self-conscious, but you know what? I'm overcoming those fears. And plants definitely help me in
0: that regard. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for Speaking with me for taking your time and revealing some of your uh, some of your connections to the plant world. Thank you. I've enjoyed this conversation. I've been speaking with Jamie Helper about plants, about her connection with plants. She has the Heirloom Botanicals project, which is handmade herbal skin products. She Also works at the Center for Discovery, where she is in the healing garden and working with individuals there. And she has been speaking to me about this world, this incredible world that if we are fortunate enough, we get to interact with and to deepen our knowledge about. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patty Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel safe travels.